How is it going? Thank you for getting back to Jacob at night. At night. So this is the first episode after a short summer break is what we're going to call it. So let's get right back into it. Hopefully we can have a nice long winter of consistent episodes, consistent work put out throughout the NFL season. We're going to have a lot of content coming out, a lot of fantasy, NFL, UFC bets, uh, just keeping up, keep putting out our opinions and, you know, hearing yours. So let's get into it. Um, so... Uh, Today we're going into the NFL and UFC. Um, we're gonna just kind of go a little bit deep into the NFL and then talk about lately UFC. Summarize some stuff that's happened lately. Give our opinion on it. We have a deeper episode in the next week or two because um, there's a ton that's happened and a lot that I want to get into for the stuff that's coming up in the next month or two um, with the Abu Dhabi card coming up and everything like that and um, everything that's happened up until now. But. Um, you know, uh, we're going to be looking into some bets for the NFL, the UFC. That's some interesting stuff that we're going to be getting into. Um, hopefully some, um, you know, fun ones. We can keep track, uh, see how we do, and, you know, keep keep the numbers live for you guys. And, and then um, hopefully we win some money. Um, but... To get started, we're just going to get right into it. We're going to go right into some news and stuff uh, for the NFL season. So, as of today, um, the Finns, Niners, and Eagles are the only teams left that are undefeated. Um, other major teams in the NFL, AFC and NFC, have taken big losses and kind of defer, faltered from the... Um, track of being the best in the league the Bills are the only one that kind of seem to be on that mark but the Bengals, Cowboys, Browns Ravens and Chiefs all have taken pretty big losses um, the Chiefs I should say also are but Bills and Chiefs have um, have looked really good outside of their one big loss uh, the power dynamic really is starting to change though um, and powerhouses are looking to have to fight to get back to the top of the division. Teams like the Cowboys are coming off, or teams like the Bengals are coming off of some tough looking football over the past three games. For the Patriots, we started off one and two. Mac Jones went for four touchdowns, 547 yards, and two interceptions across his first two losses. He had, or in, he had a decent game on Sunday, but the team ended up coming out of it with a low-scoring victory against a very bad Jets team with abysmal quarterback play from Zach Wilson. Um, so not much to feel too excited about outside of the Patriots. Um, we have... Um, Teams like the Chiefs, Bills, and Browns looking to uh, 
are the Chiefs and the Bills looking to return to form, take their spots atop their respective conferences again, and make sure that they can, um, you know, not look too off from the beginning of the season. Um, the Ravens, Bengals, and Cowboys are a little bit more worrisome. They haven't been able to bounce back, but they are looking okay. So, in other sports news, um, Sean Strickland is the new UFC middleweight champion after winning a decisive victory over Israel Adesanya in an incredible looking fight for him. You know, great matchup. We'll definitely get into this more later, but just, you know, something I wanted to start off with when we talked about the UFC, of course. Um, Alexa Grasso resecured her flyweight belt in a controversial draw with Valentina Shvanko. A very interesting matchup and one that, you know, I think at the end of the day was a little bit more controversial than it needed to be in terms of the fan outlook on it, but you know, that's what it is what it is. Um, and in the last card, Gamerot secured the victory by TKO with uh, Raphael Faziz uh, actually getting hurt. Uh, and I think it was a knee injury that uh, took him out. And for upcoming fights, uh, Bryce Mitchell will make his return. Uh, we have Patty Pimblett scheduled with Tony Ferguson coming up now. And then outside of that, we have Islam versus Charles and Costa versus Hamthot. And Magomed versus Johnny Walker at the Abu Dhabi card. Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards will be scheduled for soon. John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. So tons of good fights coming up in the next few months. Maybe Conor McGregor and Chandler. I know we were talking about that a lot um, earlier on in the podcast. I don't know how we pot or how much that's gonna really be happening now. Uh, it seems to be more scheduled, but I'm just not sure. Uh, outside of that, there's not um, anything on the top of my head. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get more into it next week, for sure. Um, then the NBA news. Um, the season countdown has begun, and we are just about a month away. So let's get into it. I think it's, I want to say it's like 30 days, 29 days, but that's awesome. Can't wait. Um, a lot of, a lot to get into with the Celtics. We'll definitely summarize that about a week or two before the season starts and start to look at how we think the, the season's going to shape up, maybe play some future bets, but we'll see. Um, and then in non-NFL, NBA, UFC news, the other stuff, the Red Sox have finally fired the controversial Haim Bloom as the general manager of the Boston Red Sox. Um, after, I think, four years, he was um, known for putting in the farm system after uh, the former GM, Cam, uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, went and won that World Series. And he, yeah, left the Red Sox pretty, pretty bad off, I would say, uh, from what I see. I'm not really that deep into following them, but that constant 500 record was pretty horrible to follow as a person who doesn't really love the love the sport of baseball as much as the other three um 
college football, the Colorado Rockies final, or Colorado Rockies, the Colorado uh, loses its unbeaten streak pretty handedly uh, after Dion and his sons um, took the team to 3-0. and um, Oregon was able to give them a great matchup and knock them out of the top 25. Um, well, the well, Dion was able to bring a lot of attention to college football and bring a lot of eyes back into the sport when you know maybe over time things had people had started to falter away. Anybody who had Dion was the person who's going to bring him back. So you know he he did a lot for the sport. Um, all right, well. I want to get right into the show. Um, we have a lot that we want to get into. We want to talk about the Patriots. We want to talk about some bets. We want to park, get into a new couple new segments for fantasy. Um, and yeah, anything else that we can, you guys want to talk about or any or any of that. Um, but thank you so much for listening. And. This is Jacob. And what the fuck happened? Hey! Okay, so I want to get right into the Patriots commentary. I feel like that is, to me, the most important thing right now in my circle of the NFL. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting real worried about this team. I think everybody is. I, I, I pay attention to a lot of NFL or Patriots local media and it seems like um even though they were able to secure the victory the style in which we were winning our we we did win just wasn't enough to instill confidence in a lot of fans after two losses that actually seemed to be kind of moral victories for a lot of people it seems that the um, the Patriots are still keeping to their beating the bad QBs and losing to the good QB style of play. And it just it does it's not working out. It really does seem to have caused this issue that when you get a tough record or a tough season ahead of you, there's no way for fans to feel as though there's any shot of making the playoffs. And I think that's what's happened this year is we see the quarterbacks and the people ahead of us. And even though we know we just got a victory that puts us somewhat back into contention, I think we're at 23% chance of making the playoffs. It just doesn't feel as though it's possible. I mean, I see people just kind of tuned out the season before it started. Never mind right now with how it's looked against the Eagles and the Dolphins. So, you know, I think 
there are clear issues that need to be worked on. I think everybody can agree that the offensive line has had major holes. Um, Cole Strange, just in case you didn't know, got the jersey right behind me. Um, Cole Strange has been a massive issue on the O-line. I don't know if it's his issue. I don't know what's going on with them. But I just feel as though it was something I had a, a, a big... I, it's something that I really thought was going to bite us in the ass um, when we drafted him. It was something I talked about the night that it happened, and now all of a sudden, you know, um, second season in, hasn't made that step up, hasn't made the contributions that he had is supposed to be making as a first-round pick as a guard. You know, I think that it's just coming down to the point where that was clearly not the right pick, and this O-line now is suffering because of that hole in the uh, hole in it, and the team is suffering because they lost a pick, and they've lost many recently, but, you know, picks like uh, Tyquan Thornton or, um, you know, Cole Strange, they're coming back to bite us in the butt. I mean, that whole draft last year is pretty much mute, and it comes down to... Or that whole draft is pretty much mute, I believe it was last year. Um, but that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, but outside of the O-line, it, it's our wide receiver core has been abysmal, failing to pull in game-winning catches and really just failing to look talented or skilled at all. You know, we have no speed, very little strength to be able to, you know, break away. Um, our, our best pass catcher right now seems to be Hunter Henry. Um, Devontae Parker has had his moments, but at the end of the day, I just don't trust him to go the whole season still. And it's, he's just not that good. He's just not that fast. I, I just, he's not special. You know, I, I, I don't know how, how else to put it. If we want to go statistically, I, I can, you know, try and pull up his stats at any point in his or career, but he's just never been too important, or not too important, but too special in terms of his ability to create separation, to create that speed, to make yards after play, after catch, and now we're asking him to kind of fill in the holes for a quarterback who's just not known for being that skilled himself. So, you know, we're asking the wide receiver core to fill in the holes for a less than perfect quarterback and vice versa we're asking the quarterback to fill in the holes for a very very bad wide receiver core with uh, no real top weapon it seems like at this point so you know I, I just I don't see how um, anyone can expect this team to win if you can't score you know um, it, you know you would say well they can run but at this point in the season they've had one good running game against a team that I would guess is starting to become pretty um, unmotivated, depend because not depending, but if you look at their situation, it's pretty horrible. I would guess that the way that their defense is looking at it is they're not putting it all on the field. We're going to see it against other teams, especially this Cowboys defense um, that we're going to be going up against next week. Ramondre Stevenson. Still not getting, he just has not gotten started this season. Ezekiel Elliott has done better than a little bit, but still, they're just running him, even though he's not doing that great. So it's like, at the end of the day, this season just kind of seems like 
it's going to be a, a long one with a very low scoring games. So that defense is not going to have to stay in shape. It's going to have to, you know, no injuries, no, no issues later on in the season because they're going to need low scoring games with the way that this offense is looking. Bill O'Brien is not coaching them up to be anything more special than they even looked last year. And, you know, I, I hated Matty P uh, as much as the next guy. And I said to get him out of here. But statistically, he's not doing that bad compared to this current offense. And if you look at that, it's a massive issue in itself. But my bigger issue is never Matty P. Uh, matter, Matt Patricia, I knew was an issue. Joe Judge, I knew was an issue. I was saying Bill Belichick is the person who put them in place, who's allowing them to make these offensive decisions, who gave them the personnel to not even be able to succeed while they didn't have the experience to be able to succeed in their own job. I mean, like, let's say you give those two guys a really the the 49ers current cast there's chance that you know under the um uh Kyle Shanahan tree you know maybe they would have succeeded as offensive uh, coordinators but probably not but at the end of the day he's working with Mac Jones and um you know Jacoby Myers who does look better now on another team even though he's hurt but in they were left with nothing, and now we're left with less than nothing with the current team and Juju Smith-Schuster's uh, knee injury that nobody knew about, apparently, before this season, even though I said he's definitely... I, I said a downgrade over Jacoby Myers. I just, you know, he's he has no... I, I didn't see the yards after the catch thing. I never saw it, and, you know, when I watched his game... I, I only see, like, very middling wide receiver, the same thing I always saw in the Patriots, and now we just have more of it. Then, to, fi to finish off my little, little rant on the Patriots, the defense is not as spectacular as people hoped. I, I really think that they were thinking that this was going to be something crazy. I want to see going into the, going in a little bit, like, uh, to the, later into the, um, season, how it looks. But these teams have been playing in somewhat bad weather, and it does affect the Patriots offense, but it affects other offenses, just, offenses just as much. And I want to see if the Patriots offense is a defense is able to keep up with the the improving weather making these offenses more more pass heavy so you know it could it could be something that doesn't affect it at all but at the end of the day the patriots currently have had a inability to stop at least the really good teams they were able to stop the jets but the Jets almost won in the final few seconds of the game on multiple attempts, and really the only reason they didn't was because of Wilson's really bad quarterback play. Not at all because the Patriots were so suffocating them that they could not make those completions. So I, I think that that's an important thing to watch out for, is that is this defense going to be able to hold the team up as much as Bill Belichick has been drafting for and wasting our picks on? And we had hoped. So, I all in all, I would not be surprised if this is a 5 or 6 win team. I mean, we're at 1 and 2. We have 14 left. 
Um, I, I, you know, I could see, I think there's a lot of 50-50 games with our potential. I want to see how we play against the Cowboys and the Saints. I think that decides how we look for the rest of the season heavily. But at the end of the day, if, if we lose against them, I have no reason not to write them off as being five or six. I mean, what else would you expect from a team that can't beat either Jameis Winston or Derek Carr right now? That's horrible. It really is. I didn't know getting around it. That's horrible. That's not unacceptable. It, it just goes to show that how bad it is is that Mac is playing a bit better. Or not even a bit. He's playing better than he did last year and even towards the end of his rookie year where he had that slump toward like with uh, Josh McDaniels even as the offensive coordinator. And... Mac is being left to make up in a lot of these games for that talent, like we were saying before. But at the end of the day, it's just not him. It really isn't just him. And those five or six wins, if we get to see him perform in those five or six wins, it's not going to mean anything because we're still going to have a horrible season and nobody's going to want to pick up that contract. So, you know, I think it leaves him in a pretty tough situation as well, but we'll see. If that leaves for any controversy or controversy, or if it's just known that this is a season to look for another QB because Mac Jones is going to be out in soon. Um, but the AFC East, it's not going to be easy at the end of the day. We're fighting an uphill battle. The Dolphins obviously are just freakish, like fake team. Don't shouldn't exist. Like playing M Madden while everybody else is you know on the E like hard. They're uneasy. Um, Bills right now obviously making a comeback. They stomped out two teams in a row after a tough loss. So we'll have to see how they look in the next couple games, but I have no reason to doubt them right now. I think they're back on top of the division. Um, I think the Dolphins might falter, but if they don't, they obviously have the the ability to bring it, bring it home. They're playing this week, so we'll get to see how it looks, but at the end of the day, the, the team is... the team um, has the potential to, you know, run it back and be at the top of the division and the top of the league again. So, now that we kind of got our Patriots rant out of the way, I wanted to go into um, some of our new segments uh, for our fantasy, our bets, all that stuff. Um, so, we got our... We got our fantasy waiver... Um, we got a name pending for this one. We'll have to create one, you know, waiver wire pickups. Well, the you know, off the off the line, um, you know, um, the the shirt the shirt guys. But I uh, 
My brother just offered me Najee for Debo Harris. Najee Harris for Debo Samuel, I mean, in the fantasy league. I'm like, get out of here, dude. You're you're insane. Why would why would I make such a bad bet, bro? But anyway, I um wanted to talk about the new segment. So we got the waiver wire. We have the dogs and hogs of week four and then the rest of the week. So that's gonna be people we expect in the next week or two or not next week or two, next week to do successful and then the hogs are going to be the people we think that are going to weigh down your team they're gonna they they're just gonna be pigs they ain't doing nothing for you um then we have our bets um again we're just looking to create a name but you know um all bets that i made myself and Hopefully I can help you take a look. You can give me any insight. Let me know what you think. But yeah, um, let's get into it. So we're going to start with our fantasy waiver segment. Um, this segment or this fantasy waiver is going to be for leagues that are is going to be based on the ESPN um, league. And it'll be any player that is rostered in 50% or less of the leagues. Um, so, our first player went from just 4.7% roster to 27%. Um, Josh Reynolds has put up really good performances lately for the Lions and will begin to see himself earn a higher target share in an offense that is designed to put up high scoring performances that depend on skilled players. And honestly, He's just somebody who's looking to be a reliable weapon for, or a reliable outlet for the golf to, to you know, go to. So if anybody can, he's going to eat. You know, that's something that he can do right now and he'll be able to do. Um, the uh, next one is... Um, up 8% since last week. Um, Jordan Love has an impressive resume already in his NFL career. He has been a top 5 fantasy QB and has been turnover and was turnover free with 6 touchdowns across his first two games. His um, third week he saw himself put up another touchdown and one in his first interception while his passing um while he looked pretty good in his uh, comeback victory uh, against the Saints, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Um, he does have some holes in his game. His uh, touchdown, touchdown, I'm sorry, his passing completion rate is pretty abysmal. He has around 50%, which leaves him in the Zach Wilson territory. But at the end of the day, he, he isn't making the mistakes that get him um, in turno turnover land, which... I think is a big sign of a successful QB. He has to keep growing, has to keep uh, making the right decisions with, you know, with the ball. But at the end of the day, if he's able to, if he's able to get the touchdowns and not make the mistakes, he can be a serviceable QB in this league for sure. Um, and our last player in the waiver is Tank Dell. 
Um, I actually picked him up last week, and this seems to have been the perfect time to have picked him up. He's raised 20% since last week, so a bunch of people have the same idea as me um, in terms of being uh, in on his fantasy performance. He put up a really good week last week um, and is a great number two option on his Texans roster and will be demanding a lot of target share and hopefully we'll be able to put up the results and continue to get it and hopefully or potentially become the number one option, honestly, if he, you know, looks good. Or not number one, but could, you know, kind of just tie it off with um with the number one. Can't remember the name right now, but honestly, the defensive matchups for the Texans don't look bad for most of the season. So Hopefully, he can make it, take advantage of that, you know, look somewhat good. Um, but hopefully, you guys got a good um, feel for that. I know that... Um, I know that injuries and everything can be a huge issue, so hopefully if, you, if you're if you struggling to pick somebody up, you don't know who in your league you can grab, those are some people. If you have questions, hit me up. I, I you know, would love to get into who's good to pick up right now, who's not worth it. I want to hear your opinions on it, what you think, if you think that some of these people suck or it will suck later in the season, or if you think that I'm missing somebody. Um... So we are going to um, hop into the dogs and hogs of week three, ba- or week four, baby. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, the 49ers offense will be able to make a statement this week. There have been tough matchups leading to this week, but the Arizona Cardinals are a staple of one of the worst organizations in the NFL right now, and it'll be an important week for the team to make a statement win on a team that they can run it up early and then kind of rest on their morals for the rest of the game. They, at the end of the day, have had to play hard and consistently for all three of their first games. So this can be the first one where they can take that step back, go hard in the beginning, and then just will run it off into the sunset for next week. Um, I'm looking for big performances from Kittle, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, if you have any of them, I, I would recommend putting them in. Um, if you're worried about them and, um, you know, Debo, Depending on his injury status, I'm a little bit worried about him. You know, I actually have him in one of my leagues, so I, I would recommend just watching that. But um, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, uh, more people who I who I'm high on this week. Um, another wide receiver core actually that I'm kind of big on right now is um the Bengals wide receiver core. Now take this with a grain of salt. Um, they're going up against a bad Titans team. Um, and this Bengals offense will be looking to bounce back, but that is only possible if the Bengals offense, uh, or the Bengals passing game is able to step it up and have a better performance than they have thus far. Joe Burrow may still be hurt. Um, 
So there you're going to have to, you know, look to the wide receiver core to step it up and make up for his kind of inability to be, you know, Joe Shiesty for right now. I think at the end of the day, they can do that. And this team has the talent to make it happen. And hopefully, you know, we see it happen next week against a team that they can really use as a way to get back into their, to a way to get to two and two while also not killing themselves in the process of getting the victory. Um, so next, we're going to go to a defense. Um, we're going to have the Broncos defense. If you are, if you have them right now, you have another team that you're a little bit iffy on. Um, I would say the Broncos defense is going to look to bully Justin Fields. They're coming off of a really just embarrassing loss one that left Russell Wilson and Sean Payton with uh, an honest blemish on their career. It was one of the most lopsided victories in the history of the entire NFL back to the pre-Super Bowl days. It was embarrassing on every level, and for a guy who trashed the former coach, thought he was going to do so successful, was going to change the organization, has trashed multiple people within it now, it left it left a sour taste, I think, in the mouth of many people who are watching the Sean Payton and Bronco show in this current state and form. So they'll be looking at a team that is very bad right now, that is unintentionally tanking, and will try to make them their show so that the Broncos can have at least some form of bounce back, even though it really does seem like they have no shot at being successful in this season. Their conference isn't as good as I think it really should be, but at the end of the day, um, they um, let's check real quick. The Broncos are, sorry, I can't read, so it's tough for me to do anything. Okay. Yeah, the Broncos are in a pretty tough division. I mean, the teams aren't looking as good as maybe we had thought they would, but at the end of the day, that does not mean that the Broncos are going to be able to come back against the, the Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs who, again, are not as good as people thought they were outside of the Chiefs. Um, and then finally, to wrap up the dog, or to kind of wrap up the dogs of Week 4, is Trevor Lawrence. Coming off a disappointing loss in uh, a mild start to his season, um, the young QB will be looking to have a major comeback against a much worse defense than the Falcons. Uh, likely a high-scoring ordeal that leads to Trevor Lawrence being able to, you know, uh, get used to his wide receiver core, get in the habit of, you know, playing against bad teams and being able to, you know, learn from it, win, and just get, get off to a good start or get off to on the right foot. Um, at the end of the day, he is doing okay right now in this season, but is really middle of the pack when it comes to starting QB. So 
it'll be a good time for him to start taking the direction to top of the league, top of the line QB. Um, and then, honorable mention, um, last week I tested the segment, but I not did not make the episode, and this is what I wrote. For dogs of week three. Dolphins wide receiver core. Facing against the Broncos secondary that has allowed huge games from opposing wide receivers, this high-flying offense will look to utilize its strong cast of wide receivers and good QB play to take a quick lead and stay ahead. And they won 7-8-20. So, yeah, I think I was right about that one. <laughs> I... <laughs> now, we want to get into the hogs of week four these are the people that are going to leave you losing these are the people that are going to make you um yeah just make you unhappy make you don't act like you're not impressed don't act like no you won't you won't be impressed you will actually be the opposite of impressed so Number one, we're going to hop right into Saquon Barkley. Um, he's going to have an extra day of rest, but is someone on our injury watch. He is someone who will be a potential scratch even if he does suit up. Um, it could be for limited touches or slowed down by lingering pain. Keep his status on watch hard for sure. And if you have him on your team, just be careful because at the end of the day, he's going to be a potential, potential um, injury scratch. So um, let me check up on his status right now, actually. Yep, still day to day. Um, not much of an update from what I can see right now. But I think that with the Giants offense um, in their current state, they're going to need him. So even if he does play, they're probably going to push him to go pretty hard. He could get some points, but I, I, I doubt it with the, with the ankle injury and how much he needs his ankle to be successful. Um, so, um, now, Oops. I meant to say two. Two. Now for number two. <laughs> That's what I meant. Um, is the hogs of week four is the number two is the Patriots offense. Um, with very limited useful fantasy options on the offensive side of the ball, this Cowboys matchup will be a tough one for the skilled positions. Even though the Cowboys are coming off a devastating loss to the Cardinals of all teams, um, they're still a defensive top team in a 
potential, they're still a top defensive team and potentially top tier team in the league. Uh, look for their defense to want to bounce back against this Patriots offense and use them as a sort of stepping stone to go into higher powered offenses in the future. Um, hopefully Mac Jones and the the wide receiver core, the running game, are able to get going. See can perform against his former team. But I honestly doubt this. Um, then we're on the Joe Burrow in number three. We're on the Joe Burrow injury watch. Joe Burrow had a decent performance, or enough to get the win done, um, against the Rams on Monday Night Football. But the team is on the verge of a nowhere season and potentially being knocked from the playoffs. If he cannot get this calf healthy, then the season is going to look ugly. So just look to, you know, start to fade Joe Burrow in that offense if this if this doesn't get better soon. And then finally, the Saints. Um, there's a lot to look at with them. You have Derek Carr on injury watch, Jameis Winston potentially coming in, which will make the offense take a step back for most likely certain. Um, Alvin Kamara will be coming back, which could offset that, but at the same time he's a injury waiting to happen and the whole team is just going to be dependent on that quarterback taking that step up no matter what it no matter how good you get those people in Jameis Winston is not going to be able to the team's not going to be able to win without Jameis Winston playing elite ball you know that's something that's going to have to happen um but yeah, those are my hogs of week four. People to watch out. Uh, mostly injuries right now. Um, it looks like a pretty, honestly, even matchup week. But who, what do I know? Um, hopefully, you guys can hit me up with some things that you think. But um, I am going to get really into this bets part of it because I put my bets on last week and then this week so I want to let you guys know um I want to let you guys know what I thought about and what I've been thinking um so we're going to start off with last week's picks that we made but there wasn't an episode so we took the Patriots at minus three a lack of Aaron Rodgers and an unimpressive Jets defense over the last few games um, left me feeling like this is kind of obviously going to be a Patriots win. Um, but I think with the improved offense that we have this year, or I thought with the improved offense that we have this year, plus the Zach Wilson low-scoring games that we had last year, um, that the, the Patriots were going to beat them by at least... A touchdown. That's what I thought. Um, now, they ended up winning by five. We won the bet. Um, and, you know, all came back down to be good. Um, so, the Rams were coming in at plus 110 before the official announcement of the Joe Burrow injury. Um, I was kind of thinking about that one at the time that this episode was being written up. Um, I... Did not place that one, actually, because what ended up coming out 
seemed to have me leaning towards Joe Burrow playing, and I wasn't too sure about it. They ended up winning the the Bengals, but it was close. You know, I'm not too not too worried about that. What it would have been anyway. Um, then there was a special. Uh, Josh Allen throws 300 plus yards. And um, we took that at plus 200 odds, which is a, it was a weekly special. Um, that commander's defense was a bit overrated in my head. I think that was proven by how Josh Allen played, but he did only secure 218 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Really good game, but did not get what we needed for him to win us the bet. Um, but did have a great performance. Definitely going to be scary to play him if he's on that type of ball. When he, when he comes down to Foxborough, or we go over to Buffalo. But this week, we have some bets, too. So, let's get ready for those. Um, the Buccaneers are sitting at uh, as 1.30. I think they're actually um, playing away at Saints. Um, with Alvin Kamara coming back, they... The Saints could be looking good, but Derek Carr is day-to-day, and Jameis Winston will be his potential starting, or will be the potential starting QB. That's a very scary thing to have happening, with, and with the Buccaneers playing pretty decent against every team except for the Eagles, which are obviously the defending NFC champions. I think the, the Buccaneers have a really good chance. I think if you take the line right now, or when I had written this, probably right now, then you have a pretty pretty good odds of um or pretty solid odds of uh winning money on this one. Um I not too sure how the Buccaneers are gonna look against that defense, but I have a good feeling that Baker Mayfield and um I have a bigger feeling that Baker Mayfield and company are gonna carve them up. Um, so the Raiders are also road dogs, which makes sense seeing how they played as of late in Josh McDaniel's road schedule throughout his career, but the Chargers have not looked unbeatable and their star wide receiver this year has been ruled out for the season, leaving a massive hole in the team that already is consistently shown that they falter sometimes in every season and still now are not that much different. So, um... If Josh McDaniels can capitalize on this weak start to the regular season for the Chargers, then I I think that there's a good shot at victory for a very talented offense that has most of their pieces in play. Um, so I took the Raiders at uh, plus 205. And then... Um, The only favorites that I took are the Bengals, as I think if they can get Joe Burrow back, then they have pretty good odds of taking the taking the perform or taking the win against the Titans. I see them as a pretty big step up of step down from the Rams, and they just beat the Rams, not decisively, but they did, and you know I think that um. At only minus 130, it's worth taking them. 
And then for the spread, I have the Patriots at plus seven. Um, I think that the boys uh, and the Patriots always end up being a little bit tighter than people think it will be, especially when the boys are expected to win. But I do believe they will. I just don't think it will be by more than a touchdown or a touchdown. I, I have good faith in the Patriots to, to make it a tighter tighter game than people expect that defense against um, their offense is a pretty good matchup in my eyes, so hopefully we're able to secure that. Um, those are all the bets that I've placed right now towards the NFL. We'll hop into the UFC. We're not going to talk about bets too much with that. We have next week for that because, um, you know, we're just kind of hopping back into the whole show. We wanted to get into the Patriots and talk about that. It's more of an NFL show. But yeah, let me know if you guys want to see more UFC bets, and we can we can make room for that every episode for sure. Um, but first, we have a new middleweight champion with Strickland securing the belt and bringing it back to the states. He won a very solid in performance. He went in a very solid performance and demonstrated ma massive holes in the Adesanya game plan. I still think that given time in a rematch, Adesanya can not only win, but win decisively and show that he is someone who should not be taken too lightly, especially, like, with fans and how they've reacted to it. I mean, with fighters, of course, but, you know, with fans and how they see him and how that has changed since he lost to Sean Strickland. Um, I respect how active a fighter is uh, he is, but I always said that I thought that would be his biggest detriment because those... Uh, Title fights are so, are so hard on people. They seem to be such a, they had such a different level than just fighting against those ranked fighters. Uh, consistently, more pressure, more more skill at that level. So you know, I think that at the end of the day, he had those quick turnarounds from the Alex performance, from the Alex loss, and it ended up, in my opinion, leaving him unmotivated and not at the right level he needed to be at to to fight against Sean Strickland. And he he lost it and now we'll have to see if he can turn it around and get that get that rematch and get that W. I don't know if he's gonna have to fight somebody else to do it. I don't really think he should. I'm I mean, I just think he's one of the best champions in history, really active. He has cleared out most of the division so I don't see who deserves it over him. I don't think Hamza does. I don't think um, uh, Robert Whitaker obviously doesn't. Um, Drakus is in a weird position with Dana. I, I, I think he might, but at the end of the day, let him fight. Let Izzy take a break even, and then have Izzy fight whoever wins that. I would be fine with it. But I think that would be great for both fighters, and or all three fighters. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I can't think of too many matchups that would make sense in the division for people who deserve that shot. But it was incredible to see Sean Strickland secure that win. I don't really think that, um, he's my favorite fighter, but... Just an awesome story to see a person who really was never expected to be a champion get to get to the top of the top of the food chain and 
just shows that, you know, if you work hard and you stick to it, you, you never, you can't always overcome what people think is impossible for you. Um, you know, everyone was saying it wasn't possible until it happened and then it's possible. I think that that's, that's a beautiful story, no matter who ends up winning at the end of the day. Um, but I, I do believe that, you know, Izzy will make his comeback. I think it'll be great for him to have that at the end of the day as another, another, you know, strap on his, or stripe or whatever on his belt that he can say that he lost one secured the rematch victory again shouldn't have lost but at the end of the day it is what it is um outside of that we have um Alexa Grasso retained her belt um in a draw with Valentina Shvanko uh, a highly controversial draw with a lot of people being very focused on the 10-8 that Alexa Grasso got in the 10 in the last round by one of the judges. Um, that seemed to be the big difference that led lead to the draw. And at the end of the day, it left Grasso with the decision and or it left Grasso with the draw. Or left them with the draw, and Grasso won because she brought the belt home back to Mexico because the uh, Shvanko didn't do enough. I mean, that's what it, it is. What it is. Um, and then for Fiziz and Gamrot, uh, the fight had an incredibly sad turnout with uh, Fiziz getting injured. Um, any injuries, never fun, and to have it be the end of the fight, it's just, it's just really sad because these guys are really tough, so, you know, once they go down, it's, it's not because they're pussies or anything like that, it's just because, you know, they, they're fucked up, so. Hopefully he makes a speedy recovery as he was rising the ranks, and this was a great fight to legitimize his status as top contender if he was able to secure. I believe I saw that he was winning on the card from that first round so could have could have done it could have potentially you know secured that victory um i know we say we're not betting but for the ufc um but you know some lines i'm looking at for the future is costa at plus 285 versus shamayev he's a pretty heavy underdog but i think that that's uh you know that's something that can be um uh, Pushed pretty hard just because of that war he had with Burns. I know people say it shouldn't be used against him because Burns is awesome, but I don't know. Costa's a big dude. I can't really feel as comfortable just watching, knowing that Shamaya is going to make that jump and just, you know, dog somebody else. Um, so, yeah, I just pay attention to that one. Oliveira at plus 275 versus Makachev. I'm surprised that, um, you know, it isn't higher, honestly, for Oliveira. Uh, but at the end of the day, he, you know, he has a shot to win. I'm interested in him. I love Oliveira, so I'm hoping he wins. And, hey, hey you know, I, I want to bet on that one, honestly. Um, then, uh, the only other one that I was thinking for 
or not the only other one, but one other one I was thinking was Jiri versus Alex. Uh, with Jiri as a one plus 120 dog, I think that that one should be closer to even. I think that there is some value in that, that, uh, in that line. If you guys are looking to pick one up now, that would probably be the one that I went with because Jerry just, he obviously has shown that he has the caliber to be at the top of the division. Alex Pereira hasn't shown that with his, with the light heavyweight. So I think at the end of the day, Jerry, Jerry shouldn't be doubted like that. So if you guys have the opportunity, probably, probably, probably run that one back. And then, um, my favorite one, actually, is, um, I probably should say this one is the one that you guys should go with, is, uh, Thompson at plus 320 versus Rachmanov. Uh, I think this will be a really good hype train derailment. Um, no disrespect against, I think it was Magni that, uh, Rachmanov shot got last, but if he had better cardio, he could have potentially beat Rachmanov. I know he has a 100% finish rate, you know, whatever, eight submissions, eight knockouts. But at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of holes in his game through a couple of his fights. And I think that the right kind of striking or the right kind of ground game will be able to take advantage of it. But specifically the right kind of striking. And if anyone can do that, it's honestly Stephen Thompson. And he's looking to get that belt. He knew he had to go through somebody tough. And I think that this would be, he knows that this is the perfect opportunity because he can take advantage of those striking holes that he is physically able to and you know talented enough to get to um i i'm not 100 percent sure um you know but i think that shavkat's built up a decent hype train especially for a foreign born fighter so i think that it's hard for other people to give a completely honest opinion because a lot of people love him but i think that he he, he definitely he's gonna have to put up a good performance um but at plus 320 at the heaviest, uh, like, underdog odds of all the people that we previously named, some already taking losses from their opponents, I find that insane, and I have to pound that money line, personally. Um, but yeah, as we get closer to USG 294 and all these other cards, we'll let you know, and uh, we'll keep you updated. So... I just wanted to say that should be it. I think that, you know, I want you guys to make some money. If you want to help me make some money because my bets suck, let me know. Let me know in comments, message me, whatever you can do. Um, but at the end of the day, tell them to bring me my money. Hopefully we get some wins, baby. Thank you guys for listening to Jacob. At night. And I hope you have a good one. At night.